0: Hi, JP! Hi, JP! Hi, JP!
1: Hi, JP. Hide, JP. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice. Together, we've
0: both been in ministry for over 18
1: years. When we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. Yes, sanity. As damaged as we are, we hope to dive in and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers every ministry leader has. Thank you, a <laughs> And now we've got a guest co-host today, a, co-host, a special co-host, Taylor Schroll, the Forte Catholic himself, in studio. As a guest co-host, Matt Rice is out today. He's driving his family on a vacation, and so we thought we'd bring in uh, the big guns and uh, chat a little bit about one of his experiences. How you doing, Taylor? Oh, I'm doing great. Nothing makes me happier than upgrading from Matt Rice. <laughs> so, if you guys don't know, Taylor actually edits all of these podcasts, and so he has the pain sometimes of dealing with our flububs and whatnot. And uh, I think Matt Rice is winning in that category right now. Um, no, he never wins. <laughs> Awkward silence. I always win that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into the episode. Oh my gosh.
0: I'm going to edit that out. I don't like you as a human I did person. It on,
1: I did it on purpose. That's my big flubub is using the word go ahead as a filler, which uh, is unnecessary. So um, today we're talking about accompaniment. And, uh, and one of Taylor's experiences that he had. As a ministry leader, uh, it talks about how we need to make it personal. And the only way we can make it personal is if we dive in uh, to the lives of those that we journey with. Um, and that's what accompaniment is. And there's healthy ways to, to accompany, and then there's all these ways that you're not allowed to accompany because of uh, uh, safe environment policies and lawyers and things like that. But there needs to be some boundaries. And uh, I want Taylor to share an example that actually didn't violate any of those boundaries, but seems like it was just radical accompaniment that could have been very, I don't know, volatile. So Taylor, will you share us your story about the basketball game?
0: Yes, I am super holy and very good at my job. That's, that's the, uh... that's the take.
1: Remember that going in. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. I just want you all to know that sometimes I can be a good person. Okay. So I have a, I've worked with uh, our local Catholic school as their campus minister, as their track coach, um, as a small group leader. Like, I've been involved with this school. This is year five. And uh, I'm a very passionate person, especially when it comes to sports. So whenever these young people have sports games, like, th- I'm, I'm a part of their lives. Like I'm, I'm like a big brother to a lot of these kids because they're all 10 years younger than me. But also a coach. I mean, you do track. Right. Exactly. I, I said that, but you were coughing and hacking up a lung, so you couldn't hear me.
1: Lo siento, amigo.
0: <laughs> now I coughed, but I'll edit <laughs> that one out. I'll make Good. sure to edit out your, my I cough. Muted, I noise. muted
1: my cough out of respect for the editor. Yes. Well, thank you.
0: So, yeah, so I'm at this basketball game. I At this point, I had been to every single St. Joseph's basketball game. Uh, this was the sixth game of the season, and I have attended all of them, and my six-year-old son... Had attended almost all of them. Like we love going to support our boys, uh, going to watch them. My son really enjoys it. Uh, we even talked. I, we talked to the team. Like my son got to you know meet and kind of hang out with the team before the game. Uh, you know, it's like it, it would you know, to him. It's like NBA players because they're all they all seem like they're seven feet tall and they're right. cool, right? But, uh, but yeah, we we show up at the game and uh, everything goes normally until. Well, okay, everything
1: didn't go normally.
0: So uh, we get into the game, and a a few minutes in, uh, one of, like, my boys, so I've been his small group leader since sixth grade. I was his confirmation sponsor just, like, three or four weeks ago. Uh, He gets a technical foul, okay? He gets a technical foul for kind of, like, jumping up, throwing up his hands, like, questioning a ref's call because uh, a young man on the other team had the ball on the ground, stood up from there, and then passed it, which is traveling. It's absolutely yes. traveling. So yeah. I, w- I waited until the entire stadium was quiet, and I went, he was right. So that was that was step one. That was step one. About five minutes later, uh, another young man on our team uh, dives for a loose ball, and he's laying on the ground. Okay? This other kid from the other team comes and jumps on top of him, like, like jumps up into the air. His his backside lands on the top side of our player. He throws a right elbow, connects with our player's face, throws a left elbow, connects with our player's face.
1: This is like WWE, like Hulk Hogan, the, right. the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: And then he throws out his legs trying to kick kick this young man. And the ref is standing about 18 inches from all of this, staring at it. And he's like, Nope, looks good to me. <laughs> I let him know loudly that I disagreed. That he needs to be calling the game. He needs to be checking our boys.
1: And, and using those type of words, or and what type of language did you use?
0: I, I said ten words. I've counted it. I've watched the replay on this multiple times. I Video evidence. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, uh, I was like, what I said was he kicked him. He kicked. He kicked him. You got to call that. You kicked him, he kicked him. Yeah, I'm counting too. You got it. That. Yeah, it was 10 words. Okay, I was just yeah. making sure. It was a couple of weeks, two weeks ago or so. And in the middle of that, he turns around. Like, as I'm saying the last word. The, the ref, ref. The ref turns around and says, if you want to say in this game, you need to shut your mouth. And that's not a thing that I let grown men in that type of situation say to me. Uh, this is comes goes back to, like, old Taylor. I was an athlete all throughout high school. I was an athlete in college. And there's this, like, respect thing within, within sports, right? So I can get that somebody could be offended by me yelling at them, but I can also see me being offended by just watching an assault and no one did anything. Sure. So, so okay. I, I get where he's coming from, but, like, saying shut your mouth in the middle of a, like, altercation is not a good thing. I I He threw me out. Well, he said, you need to shut your mouth. So the, obviously my reaction was to open it more, right? So I was like, you need to call the game. You need to protect our boys. Like, there's no way you can let that happen. And he threw me out, right?
1: So it wasn't, hey, you're being unfair or you're calling it one-sided. It's, hey, people are going to get hurt, and these are people that we care about. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, there was, the, there was the technical.
0: There was another kid three minutes before that got thrown. A kid that just came back from a concussion on our team who got pushed from the free-throw line and slid into the wall from the free-throw line and hit his head against the wall. They're like, nope fine play to me like like somebody's gonna get hurt like you have to you have to get control of this because seriously one of our players is gonna get hurt or one of their players like somebody's gonna fight in a second
1: but they have that one eighth of an inch of padding at the end of the at the end of the thing so i mean he was fine
0: yeah there have been a lot more advances in in football gear for concussions than there have been in basketball games (laughs) Sure, sure just just to let you know it's a it's a small catholic school love them to death but uh right next to the like the sideline there are two brick walls a good 4 inches from the out of bounds line wow it was fun so i i grabbed my son who was with me if you remember <laughs> i grabbed my son i walk off i don't re- i don't remember anything from when he told me to shut my mouth to when i got outside the building holding my son's hand we walk out through the middle of the court because that's a thing that happened and then i walk out and as i'm walking out i get a standing ovation from our student section, and a lot of the adults are clapping as well, which isn't the reaction I thought I was going to get.
1: Right, because, I mean, to a degree, there was great risk in you standing up or advocating for these boys in the midst of that because you're the campus minister, and you could be seen as disrespecting authority, but what they actually saw was you advocating for the boys.
0: Right, which which is interesting because it's like I didn't make that choice, right? Like, I didn't make the choice to advocate for these guys. Like, this was something that... I thought was going to come across – like, I just did it naturally. It's it's, who, it's part of who I am. I'm extremely passionate. I'm extremely loud, and especially when it comes to sports when it comes and when it comes to, like, protecting people that I care about, right? So sure. this, this came absolutely naturally for me. Like, it just sprang up. I thought that it was, like, something from my past where I used to deal with anger stuff and especially around sports. Like, just, you know, when I was a kid, all the testosterone and I'm running and I'm hitting people and rah, right? And, like, I've had to grow – in my in my calm right and i thought this was like oh no this is a decade ago taylor a, re, a reversion yeah right and i thought like oh like all the parents of these kids who have entrusted their kids to me like not just as the campus minister, they chose to send their kids to school but like i'm i'm a small group leader for them on on sunday mornings like i like i'm intimately involved in the lives especially of this group of kids like the especially the, the current sophomores and all their parents were there and i was like how are they going to see this, right? They just watched the campus minister essentially blow up. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, he needs to control himself. He needs to control his anger. And you're right. Like all anyone saw was he cares about us and he and he went for it, right?
1: Yeah. And so as you were walking out and driving home, um, did you have that kind of vulnerability hangover where you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Were you second guessing yourself? Were you kind of self- – that, that kind of dialogue of self-loathing that sometimes happens after – after moments of vulnerability.
0: Well, it was interesting because it wasn't it wasn't self loathing, but it was absolutely vulnerable. Because it was one of those things that, like, anytime like I do something naturally, and it's especially something that reactional, it's like that that's how I'm going to react. Like, I like I, there's not much I can do about the the initial reaction. It happened, so now the vulnerability is the the reaction to my reaction is everybody else's choice. Like, I have I have no control over this anymore and i'm driving home yeah it's constantly going through what is like i'm sitting next to matt rice my the founder of a place ministry is my boss at and the I'm game like, yeah he's sitting literally eight inches from me I'm like oh crap like what's, what you know like my, my school bosses are there the athletic director is the basketball coach um all the parents are like what's going to be that reaction i was like dang it did i just you know lose years of trust that i've built up with all of these people, so I I went home. All right, I went home. I dropped my son off. We I kind of laughed about it with my wife. Everybody wondered how my son reacted, and I'm like he lives with me. Like he he me yelling is nothing new. You know, like I'm just a loud person. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm yelling at him when he's doing something stupid. Like he, he's used to the yelling. He was just like, "Why are we leaving in the third quarter?" Uh, Daddy's angry. He goes, "Okay," and then we just laughed. Like it wasn't a big deal. Uh, and then I went. I went and uh, I went to go work out because that's that's what I do in those moments when I have the. The adrenaline running and I listened to some angry rap music and then I started getting the responses I okay. had I had parents uh who were there uh start to text me the final score hey we won thanks for what you did hey here's the score we won thanks for sticking up for our boys and then you know 30 minutes later after the boys finished their meetings they're all texting me hey that was awesome thanks for doing that thanks for sticking <laughs> up for us we won and I'm like that that's awesome right um the next day I go to school to the school and I'm kind of sheepish, right? Like I'm sitting here in my office. Everybody knows where I am. I'm gonna get everybody's reaction today. At first, it's the students. I know how the students felt. Like they were just like, hey, bro, this is awesome, right? And then the athletic director comes in and he is very temperamentally different than me. We are very good friends. We coach the track team together. Like we are we are we're tight. But he is extremely calm, extremely soft spoken. So we're a good balance for each other when it comes to track. But it's like, how is he going to see this? And he, like, I'm not going to share everything he said, but let's just say he was on my team, right? Like, he, he, was, he was laughing about it, and like he was like, if you didn't do it, I was going to, and like you know all this, all this kind of stuff, right? And then this young man, it's really interesting, and we have, a hall- we have one hallway at the school, literally just one. It's a small Catholic school. But this, this young man walks up to me, and I can see him for about 40, 50 feet, and he's just holding his hand out to shake my hand for the entire length of this 50, 60 feet or whatever. And he gets to me, shakes my hand. He said, my respect for you as a man skyrocketed last night. And he's one of the players. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, people like me despite who I am as a person.
1: <laughs> and so what you did was actually, um, had you had an, a more, I don't know, an introverted or a quieter or a different style of personality, a- and you would have had that reaction People probably would have been coming up to you and saying, hey, man, are you okay? What happened to you last night? But because you were already authentically yourself in regards to at the track events, at the other school events, at ministry events, and you were outside voice Taylor, which is actually just normal Taylor, right, um, yeah. <laughs> they were able to see, like, this is him being authentic and 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 just, just diving into the love that he has for us and being dynamically him. His son is there with him, so there's also him being a dad. Like, you were, you were not uh compartmentalizing your different roles you were completely who you were
0: right yeah and it's, it's funny like that's what one of the young ladies who goes to the school said she's a senior been with me for this whole whole five-year stretch again ver- very like that calm personality and like she was like she, you know because they came in the next day and they were talking about it and she was like if the ref just spent 18 seconds with you like he would know you're just loud like, you didn't say anything wrong. You just said it loudly. And like right. It's like, that's just who you are. And I was like, that's exactly what you were talking about. So, yeah, like, it, it was it was cool. It, I felt extremely, like, validated as a human person, right? Because it's like most of the time when it comes to ministry stuff, there are things about me. And, like, I think this is with any ministry leader or any, anybody, period, right? It's like there are things about me that are not good. I'm aware of this. I'm the most aware of it whether people think it or not, right? And I, I know my failings. I know my flaws. And usually – I keep those, I try, I, I, I like, I hide those. Right. Or like, I'll, I'll talk about a piece of it with the youth. Right. Sure. But the anger thing, like that's, it's not something that I usually show. So for that to come out and to be like, Hey, we still love and accept you anyway, was just one. It was one of the coolest ministry moments I ever had, like getting thrown out of a basketball game where I am the campus minister. And the response to that, it was one of my coolest moments in ministry that I've ever had.
1: Right. And, uh, and with it, it's not accompaniment itself, it's not just about getting to know those that you're journeying with, but also allowing them to know you. And had that second piece not happened, your advocacy at the basketball game would have seemed very strange, very out of place. Like, wait, we're not talking about Jesus. He doesn't have his guitar in his hand. He's not leading worship. There's not a Bible around. Like, what's going on? Why is he getting so fired up? But they know who you are, and that aspect is part as ministry leaders that we need to open ourselves in in prudent ways, obviously in prudent ways, open ourselves to be made known um, by the youth or by those that we serve by those that we journey with.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting like that, that sports has been a lot of that accompaniment for me. Like when I first started this as the campus minister, I was to everybody, just the Jesus guy, just the guitar guy, just the speaker, just the, all of these things. And a lot of the kids accepted me pretty quickly because they cared about Jesus. But the other 80% of them couldn't care any less about me, right? Uh, and it, w- it wasn't until the spring when I started coaching track. And, I- and then the next year when I started coaching basketball and then I kept coaching track. Like, that's, that has been the biggest accompaniment I've ever had with young people. Uh, because, like, it was like I'm sharing – like, you were just saying, I'm sharing all of myself, it's not, I'm not just talking about Jesus. I was talking about sports and I was helping them become better at sports. And they started to see that I cared about them. Like, it sounds weird to say, but not just about their, their Jesus part of their lives. Like, I care about them. You know, I care about their sports. I care about their school. I care about their relationships with their family. And that, ironically enough, like, gave me access to the Jesus part of them.
1: Right. Well, and I I almost think meeting people where they're at is the first step of accompaniment, right? The ultimate goal is to help them grow closer to Christ. But we can't can't lead with that, especially for those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're going to be like, closer to who? But instead, if you're like, hey, man, you just made an amazing layup and you were covered by two people, that was awesome. And they're like, oh, this person cares about who I am, I'm going to give them permission to dive into my life. Oh, and by the way, this is my son. I brought him to the basketball game to cheer you on as well because I think you guys are amazing. Whoa, accompaniment is is kind of blooming there, right? Um, Now, what took place takes place for Taylor. I don't know if uh, someone else with a different kind of ministry style would have that happen to where, okay, so I heard on the radio, you know, on a podcast that this is what they did. So now all ministry leaders should just shout at refs at basketball games. I'm, that's hey, not what men, we're saying. And
0: it, it's what I'm saying. It's not what ministry <laughs> leaders and items are saying.
1: But it might be for you a letter that you send to someone or a note that you send to someone or a phone call that you follow up with a parent and just say, hey, I saw your son get fouled at the game last night, and uh, and he stood up and he kept playing his heart out, and I just want to affirm uh, affirm you as a parent for raising such a great kid you know or whatever it is it's who you're journeying with and it's who you are that needs to be kind of aligned in regards to that but there are some wrong ways to do this right and so what, what would be kind of uh, some of the wrong ways to accompany people uh, that, that don't that aren't like violation of safe environment policy like those are obvious don't be a monster or anything like that but uh, but what are some wrong ways in your opinion
0: yeah, so I think one of the mistakes that I made when I was when I was like younger in ministry was was just trying to be their friend, uh, and and like finding this balance between like the thing that helped me the most to get out of like oh I'm their friend I'm going which like led to they're gonna run all over me because there's no discipline they're gonna essentially make fun of me because they're like why is this you know 20, thirty year old guy trying to make friends with fifteen year olds like it doesn't work right, um, and it's like for a lot of these kids like I'm not. I'm not old enough to be their father figure. So like this right in between, like this big brother, like character, this figure uh, has been really helpful because like the big brother, you're going to mess with them. You're going to play around with them. uh, You're going to like not take any crap from them. Right. Uh, Right. But ultimately, you care about them no no matter what. Like, you know, I I care about them to to work hard to get them confessions at the school. I work hard to to go to their games and to like in in my way. (laughs) to let them know that i care about them but like like what you were saying about the affirmations like it's a it's a huge thing um i was just talking to the principal at the school about this she's like all we hear she's a parent of one of the kids at school and she's the principal she's like all we hear as parents is the negative the only time adults ever reach out to parents um except for maybe like once a year because we all know the only thing that we ever never hear ever hear is negative so we're all like okay we'll do it once it's like it doesn't. It doesn't take that much time. It really doesn't. We all have eight thousand things going on, but the the amount of time it takes to write a, a thirty second email. Hey, your kid was awesome. Like we, we were having we were having youth group, or we were we were we were doing whatever. We have just to say we were having youth group, and the kid was you know extremely participating. Like at the beginning of the year, he wasn't super into it, and he's just grown a lot. And I, I, I'm really happy to be working with them like that. That took you 30 seconds to find that parent's email and to type three sentences. And it makes their week, you know, and, and, and right. like it'll probably make the kid's life better for the next two weeks because now mom and dad are proud and probably be a nicer. You know?
1: <laughs> and the thing that I've seen in regards to that is I know that retention in programs is a challenge, right? Week after week after week, you see numbers drop over over the large scale numbers drop as the semester goes on. Those kids, they're coming back right? Those youth or those those people, if, if it's an adult in, in your program or whatever, they're coming back because they know that they're valued because it's personal. Like, this person sees me, not just another person to share Christ with, another another head to bark at, but like, this person knows who I am, or at least an aspect. It makes it personal.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So one area that I think uh, is important to note in regards to how to do this wrong is uh, being inauthentic, right? So if they know you um, in a certain way, and then you manifest yourself in a different way, they're going to see it as ministry theater. And I don't think that that's healthy. But at the same time, we have to have uh, prudent vulnerability. And I don't want to say measured vulnerability, but that might be a way to describe it to where we're able to kind of talk about like, okay, how much of myself can I share comfortably without leaving myself to be, to be wounded or, or, or oversharing or things that I haven't fully processed yet? And so I think about someone who's uh, leading a small group, and it's like opening prayer. It's like lead opening prayer. And they're really nervous about it because they're not comfortable with leading you know, vocal prayer. They, they probably have a dynamic prayer life, right? But to be able to say that, hey, I'm a little bit nervous with leading opening prayer. Are you guys okay if we just do a Hail Mary? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. But they, they're able to acknowledge, okay, this person isn't comfortable in this area. And we're not asking. Jesus is not asking you to be someone who you are not. In fact, Jesus is asking you to be dynamically who you are as a ministry leader, and that's what authentic accompaniment looks like. And it's a two-way street to where you allow them into your life prudently, but you also dive into their life prudently, and, uh, and beautiful things can happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like the face you just gave me. No one else can see it, but you were like, hmm, look at that. Look what I just said. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I wasn't planning on it being that good. Uh, that was, I just wanted to give everybody the reaction to your face uh, because it's beautiful. Thank you so you. much. That that's uh, our commentary. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because like one of the things that I um, I think also that I've made a mistake in when it comes to the authenticity part is that like like one mistake isn't going to ruin everything as as long as we're not talking about the the actual real violations, right? But like one misstep, I guess I should say, isn't going to ruin your relationship with with anybody that you're working with uh, because a lot of times that vulnerability actually ends up becoming a good thing. It's like, oh, let's say you actually make a mistake. You say something uh, and, and somebody didn't like it. I have I, been known to do this, right? There's one person at work who literally our relationship started with interview, hire. I said something that I shouldn't have. She cried. She approached me about it. I apologized. And now we're like best friends. Like we're really, really close. And it, it was like, I made a mistake. But. I learned from that mistake and I, I've never spoken in that way to her again. But it um,
1: created an opportunity for mercy.
0: Absolutely. And, and yeah. she was extremely merciful yes. from the beginning um, and kind of, and, and like that made me want to respond in kind, right? So I think this whole like fear of being authentically yourself, like you're probably going to make mistakes because my authentic self is both God infused and imperfect, right? We're, we're going to make mistakes when it comes to. Any of this accompaniment stuff, relationships, any kind of relationship is difficult and there are human beings in it and there's going to be mistakes made. But a lot of times like those mistakes, as long as we're willing to say, I'm sorry, and learn from them, like e- even though like this, this, this whole basketball thing, like I, I like whether it was a mistake or just I, I don't think it was a mistake it was because it was naturally what my reaction and people reacted well. That doesn't mean that it's an encouraged behavior, right? Like it's not like I should l- yell and and get kicked out of the next game. Like I know internally, like I have to, I have to chill for a while, you know. Especially at their games, and we've kind of joked about it. Like every game that I've gone to since, oh, don't get kicked out, Taylor. Like we want you to stay here, you know. Like so, like it's it's one of those things. It's always a learning experience because it's like I I have earned the trust of these people. And I I got to see it in full kind, but that doesn't mean that I I should do it again, because if I start doing it again, then it becomes, oh, that's, you know, that's not a good thing.
1: And if we're only sharing the, uh, the polished side of ourselves, then we give a false impression of what the Christian journey looks like, right? Our own brokenness, our own weaknesses accent our radical dependence on Jesus Christ. And if we give the impression that you have to be perfect to achieve God's love, then we actually create distance for those who we're ministering to, like from Jesus. Like, okay, this hill is too high to climb. Somehow Taylor, somehow Chris made it up that hill, and they're going to stay on that pedestal, and they can never come down to talk to us because we're too rotten or horrible. And it creates this, this uh, divide. And we have to be able to, let's say, like, actually— I need Jesus just as much as you, and me being in ministry helps hold me accountable to that reality, and so you're thanking me for being your ministry leader. I need to thank you, because you're the one that reminds me how hard I need to journey, and you've journeyed with me as well, and that's what accompaniment honestly looks like, is it's not just like we have Jesus, and we can share Jesus with you, but it's actually we're on a journey, and we can journey that journey together.
0: Amen and amen. I've made an entire career out of walking up the hill and then falling down and Uh, starting back again so
1: (laughs) yeah amen to that so um as we wrap up today taylor how else can they find you you have an amazing podcast among other things if our listeners wanted to reach out to you and uh ask about how to get kicked out of a basketball game how would they hunt you down yeah most importantly like
0: i i I don't usually do something like this but i just i just want you to send me a quick you know the, the two the two sentence email my email's Taylor at ablaze.us, and all I want you to say is is thank you for editing this podcast because you people have no idea what I go through. <laughs> it's so uh, true. <laughs> I get
1: I get text messages from Taylor as he's editing it, and it's basically face palm after face palm. So yes,
0: it's, it's awesome. I desire for you two to be better, and I am working on that through cyberbullying. Yeah, so people can find me at ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E, all the social media links. I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, for like eight hours a day. So you can find me there. Uh, Yeah, do the podcast, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And Chris, you have a beautiful nose.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I have stripes on my face because of the way the light is coming through the blinds. You look like a zebra.
0: Or you look like a referee. I want to yell at you. (laughs) No, no, please no. How dare you? Um,
1: And you guys, thanks for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Our Facebook group, just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous. You can also send feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone that's vocal and authentic.
0: Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go far, we go together.
1: No, Taylor, no. it's Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone.
0: And if you want to go quickly, you go alone.
1: <laughs> and if you want to go far, we go together. <laughs> Take some time this week to pray for ministry leaders. Take some time to reflect on your authenticity and the accompaniment that you are blessed to uh, to have as a ministry leader. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Thank you, Taylor.
0: God bless. God bless. God bless, I now. Thank you, buddy. That was fun. You're a good person.